In today's episode of Black in Nature, I will be talking about Outback Learning LLC. If you do not know me personally, then you will have no idea what Outback Learning is. This is a nature-based, home-based program that I started a year ago. And yes, I've hit my one-year anniversary as a first-time business owner and entrepreneur. However, as you all know, the current events of what's going on, unfortunately, has impacted me as a first-time business owner. And I had to make a very tough decision as a brand new owner back in June. I decided due to so many unknowns with the pandemic, it was probably in the best interest to not reopen my program this coming year. And it was by far the toughest decision I've ever had to make, just as a business owner, but also just as a professional. However, although Outback Learning is not up and running at this point, I still have been able to launch an entire new business, my own personal brand called Deanna Reese Williams, also known as DRW. So again, you're probably not sure what is DRW about and what is the purpose behind it, but this is why starting a new brand, well, it all ties in, honestly, with the Outback story. So I want to share with you all today a little bit more about Outback. I'm not going to get into too much about DRW, but I wanted to at least express the current status of Outback Learning. If you are following my page on Facebook, you probably have already seen a video with me sharing with parents what's the status and how are we moving forward. Outback Learning. So I'm going to start this story by simply telling you Outback Learning started after attending a nature start, attending the Natural Start Alliance conference last year, which I believe I've talked about in previous podcasts or perhaps in the Facebook live group. But basically, as an early childhood educator, I always knew that if all else fails, I could always have a home based program. However, what I didn't know is that I could do a home-based program, but completely outdoors. I had never heard of this concept until about two or three years ago. And as I mentioned in previous podcast episodes, it took the field trip during Summer Institute where the story really came to life for me. And so when I started Outback, one of the struggles that I had was that our outdoor, our out door classrooms is not very common in the desert or in the state of Arizona. There are very few of us and if my memory serves me well, I'm not quite sure there's very many of us that are home-based providers to begin with. We do have some barriers such as heat is a sign of an issue. We have tarantulas, scorpions, cactuses, And so the question is, how do we manage to do an entire program outdoors? Well, one of the first things that I've kept in mind in designing Outback Learning is that my backyard has five trees and these five trees do provide shade. So during those hot sunny days and for the Outbackers also, we only use the indoor portion of the program to use the bathroom or for cooking activities. However, we also converted the garage of my home so it was some sort of an indoor shelter part for the outbacker children another key point 
for the Outback, it operates in the months of June through May. So it's the tail end of summer, but also the very, very beginning of summer. Well, the middle of spring in May is when the program ends. I want to make sure that the program was not only was not only just accessible, but I wanted it to be part-time. And when I started in September, we usually start at about two hours per day. And so we normally meet three days a week. And then we increase our time by four hours over the course of three to four weeks. Because this is such a huge new concept in my area, but the best way that I could help students or outbackers and parents adjust to being outdoors is that I would just increase the time. Outback learning, we do gardening as well. We take neighborhood walks, of course, and we hang in the outback and we also walk to the local park. The outbackers, as far as curriculum, we follow what not just what I call, but it's called emergent curriculum. And of course, having some other additional curriculum is great, but I base everything off of child-centered interests. So basically, if I have a child that is doing an activity during free play and they show a demonstrated interest in the nature center about seashells or about a pine cone, I may have a lesson specifically designed talking about it. Not just a lesson, but a conversation to expand on why the outbacker might be interested in the pine cone or seashells. Some of the things that we're, we were going to do pre-pandemic is we finally had an opportunity to take a field trip. And that was the last time that I met with Outbackers back in March. And we actually went to a local nature center and we got to experience what it was like to really be outside and not be in a neighborhood. And I was able to watch the Outbackers actually use all their outdoor skills they've gained in the Outback program at the nature center. I noticed by the students' behaviors that they weren't, um, they were just really fascinated with being able to play in the different types of textures and stuff in the nature area. The nature center, there was sand. We got to hang out by the creek. We were able to look at these really cool reptiles. And of course it was shaded and all of this is really unique to the desert climate. So some of the other field trips that I really wanted to take with the Outbackers had the pandemic not happen is that we would have been able to go to our local farmers market being that we're we have a garden it would have been great for the students to see that farm to table type of effect being able to hike in local canyons and then also having the opportunity to work with other local uh, cooperative extensions through our local university and just finding other ways to enhance the program. And so those are just some things that I wanted to share about Outback Learning. And really it's a reflection of what we had did in the past year. But ultimately, if we would have been able to successfully finish out the year, we definitely would have explored more things in terms of gardening. And as I mentioned before, hiking as well. And the next subject area, I want to talk about some of the memories of Outback. 
Outback Memories I wanted to start Outback Learning to give children in local neighborhoods the opportunity to have access to an outdoor program within the community and teach children about gardening and the outdoors. Now, as I've mentioned before, I'm certainly not a gardening expert, but just the idea of getting kids to dig in the ground and plant a seed and water it every time they showed up to the Outback was something that I really enjoyed watching the kids learning and growing, their knowledge about gardening. The day we did the compost stew and read the story about the compost stew and then created our own compost stew is what really changed how the Outbackers engaged in the outdoors because suddenly the Outbackers realized that there's a purpose for plants such as the bird of paradise plant, which helped the hummingbirds get nectar, which we witness on a regular basis. But I also want to mention, I want to give a shout out to my friend Nikki who came and visited the Outback. You know who you are. Thank you for introducing us to Compost Stew and any outdoor educator that I know, I have been sharing that book with each and every person because it really changed not just my program, but it also changed the Outbacker's perspective. Okay, so back to the story. But these same hummingbirds would hang out in the outback with us on a day-to-day basis. The benefits of having a program in the neighborhood also gave us a sense of place by, by the connection to the community. Prior to, prior to going and working in a traditional preschool setting, we would always have some sort of a theme type of week like community workers. But being outdoors, the Outbackers were able to see the community workers doing their actual roles. So an example of this would be the construction worker, the mailman or mailwoman, the garbage or recycling workers, and the occasional police officer driving through the neighborhood. But it was these types of experiences that brought the community workers to life. And it was the Outbackers who were able to understand that these workers served a purpose, which impact our daily lives. We could have conversations on why why we recycle, why we compost, and then connecting it back to the actual community worker. We would see in the neighborhood on a regular basis. So although Outback Learning is not an operation currently, it's okay because the current Facebook page that I do have for Outback is dedicated to support parents so they could receive suggestions on what they could do with their young Outbacker at home, along with watch watching silly or listening to silly chicken stories, also known as the city chick stories. Although in today's podcast, I really thought I was going to share how Outback Learning LLC started, but I really wanted to express the current status of Outback in the past stories. I plan to get dedicate an entire season to the Outback Learning story, but for now, this is the current status. But what I hope you all take away from today's message are four key points. One, community-based Community home-based programs are valuable to young children and their families, especially gaining outdoor skills. Outback learning is a unique experience because it is located in a neighborhood. Two, if you're considering starting an outdoor program, consider the location and who will have access to your program. Three, look up your state licensing, private school, homeschooling, and tutoring policies and determine what type of program will be what type of program you will be tailoring to as far as your students or audience that you're trying to reach. 
Four, reflect on your inclusive and equitable practices in your program and how to market your program. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. And if you like this type of episode or you just like to hear what's going on in the DRW world, please come back every other week or once a week to listen out for new podcast episodes. And if you really like this content content and want to support it, you can always donate. I appreciate appreciate everyone's time. And of course, I'm going to end this podcast with some sort of a bonus segment. In today's bonus segment, I'm going to talk about my experience as a black outdoor entrepreneur. So as I've described, I'm a brand new entrepreneur in terms of starting Outback Learning LLC a year ago. But recently I launched a personal brand called Deanna Reese Williams DRW. And I'm sure you're probably wondering why? What is the purpose of a personal branding? Well, it all truly connects back to Outback Learning. So one of the things that I learned about starting Outback, and although the idea is unique and fun and different from my area and where I reside in Arizona, it was clearly too different, too unique for my area. And I'll share in in a further episode much later on when I shared the Outback story, there were definitely some barriers that I encountered in starting my program. I did encounter some some issues with the city, which again, I'll disclose at at a later date. But needless to say, one of the things that I learned is there's a reason why I have to work twice as hard, probably more than most. But I do recognize that sometimes it's At first, I didn't think it was about color, but in hindsight, it's like there was something tricky and interesting about applying for that business license and trying to open a program that was locally homegrown and owned Um, and some of the barriers that I experienced. But if it wasn't for Outback, I realized two months into having Outback that I really needed a solid marketing plan. I was so focused on the business aspect of everything. It was a real struggle trying to balance the business and the market. And so I knew eventually that I, during the summertime when I'm off, I was definitely going to be seeking out some sort of a guidance in terms of marketing. But also what I learned was that I'm like, I really need a website for this Outback. Um, I had no place for parents to go as far as Outback knowledge or what to do. And so by the end of May, sometime in May of this year, I finally reached out to a local marketing group who has provided so much guidance and support to me as a brand new entrepreneur and the importance of marketing. So you're probably wondering why would I take the time to stress this? I'm trying to speak to the entrepreneur out there, the brand new entrepreneur that's so excited about starting their business or starting their company. Um, One of the first things after talking with the marketing group and explaining like, this is my situation, this is what's going on between trying to manage the business and market for new clients to come in or new outbackers to come in, it was hard to juggle. But 
meanwhile, I'm like, I'm a professional. These are other things that I do. And basically they said, you need to do personal branding. And within that, not only did I end up with a website, but I ended up starting another business. And I'm pretty much at this point, not just starting another business, but working towards building not just a brand, but a company and something that'll sustain over time. And I'm sure people are wondering why, why bother to work this hard? Because that's how important it is to me. I think it's important to not only create accessibility for young children, but to also help those other entrepreneurs that may be thinking about starting a program in their neighborhood. And I want to see more people that look like myself in environmental ed. I love all of my friends. I love all of my colleagues. They've been such a huge support to me in going through this podcast series. I believe I can say I'm a podcaster now. I'm in my 12th episode, but I just want to say the reason why this podcast series even birthed in the first place was because of the support of my friends and colleagues. But I hope as people are listening to this podcast that you feel inspired and you decide that you want to make a move that you had never thought about doing before. I hope that um, this Black in Nature series, this is only season one and there will be a season two. So don't think that it's not coming back. It's absolutely coming back and you all can definitely listen out for new and fun content coming out from the DRW podcast. So what I will tell you, since this is a bonus segment, the next series will be called The City Chicks. So those of you that don't know, my family and I recently purchased chickens and recently meaning in the springtime. And my 11 year old daughter has been documenting the stories of having the city chicks. And so she will be debuting on this channel and basically sharing the city chick stories. They will be fun, very lighthearted, but you also get to see what it's like or hear what it's like to raise chickens. Thank you all again for your continued support. Continue to be blessed in nature.